0: This is Gareth Southgate, and this is the Three Lions Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Three Lions Podcast. My name is Russell Osborne and this is an independent England Football Supporters podcast. One that aims to look at all aspects of our England national football team. 2022, it is a busy old year for the Three Lions. Firstly, for our Lionesses and being held on home soil is the delayed European Championships that they will be participating in. Originally, due to be played in 2021... But because of Covid, that was put back a year. And then, of course, there is the Qatar 2022 World Cup taking place for our senior men come November. And to celebrate the World Cup, we've been looking back at previous tournaments that England have participated in. I've been speaking with fans who have followed the team, both home and abroad. Previous episodes, I spoke with Brian Douglas. Blackburn Rovers legend, who played for England in both the 1958 and 1962 finals. And also with Peter Woodman, England fan, who experienced that famous final in 1966. And we now find ourselves at 1970. Mexico were chosen as host nation back in 1964, at the FIFA Congress in Tokyo. And they were chosen ahead of Argentina. And in becoming hosts, they were the first nation outside of Europe or South America to take custody of this fine tournament. Argentina, of course, would host in 1978. England, having won it four years earlier, were holders. They didn't have to qualify and neither did hosts Mexico. So England generally played friendly matches, apart from some home nation matches and some European Championship qualifiers. But in preparation for the 1970 finals, the year before, England, where they travelled to Central and South America to acclimatise. And they would draw there with Mexico in the Azteca, where they would famously play a year later in the finals. They then travelled to Montevideo and beat Uruguay 2-1, and then on to Rio, losing 2-1 to Brazil. A year later, and England, along with 15 other nations, would be getting ready in the run-up to the finals. Qualifying brought up some interesting events. The dominant continent was Europe, where nine nations qualified. Along with ourselves, there was Belgium, Bulgaria, Czechoslovakia, Italy, Romania, the Soviet Union, Sweden and West Germany. Notice no France, no Netherlands, no Portugal, nor Spain. From Asia and Oceania, only Israel would qualify. There was only one space for Africa, and that went to Morocco. Three spots to South America, Brazil, Peru and Uruguay. Then, from CONCACAF, alongside Mexico, as hosts were El Salvador, and that brings its own story. Twelve teams would compete in the North, Central America and Caribbean qualification between October 1968 and October 1969. El Salvador would eventually beat Haiti in the final match, and this was only half the story, because in the second semi-final, neighbours El Salvador and Honduras would be drawn together after both winning their respective groups. Prior to the meeting, the countries had existing problems dating back to 1963, with Salvadorian farming workers migrating across the border looking for work. Over time, they were sent back by military leader Osvaldo López Arellano, who blamed the Salvadorians for taking all the Honduran jobs and land. Clearly, there was far more to it than that, but basically tensions were already high before the football match. There needed to be three matches to separate the sides. The first match, played in Honduras, saw them win by a goal to nil, thanks to a last-minute winner, and there were disturbances in the stands between rival fans. The El Salvadorian team weren't helped by the Honduran fans staying outside their opponent's hotel, keeping the players awake until the early hours. And following the final whistle, an 18-year-old, Amelia Balanos, would shoot herself as she couldn't take it. And in a twisted way, she was turned into a national hero by the El Salvadorian media. The second game, played in El Salvador's capital, San Salvador, saw fans do the same to the Honduran team rioting outside their hotel. Relations weren't helped, as just before the game, a dirty white rag was raised instead of the Honduran flag. El Salvador would win 3-0, whilst fans again fought in the stands, this time to a much bigger extent than the first leg. El Salvador workers in Honduras would again be terrorised and forced home. Aggregate scores weren't counted back then, so a third and final match was played in Mexico. After extra time, El Salvador would come out on top 3-2. But on the day of this game, El Salvador would sever all diplomatic ties with Honduras, saying that since the previous game, over 11,000 Salvadorians had been forced to flee and Honduras had done nothing to stop the murder, rape and oppression of their people. This would then lead to what is referred to as the Football War, or the 100-hour war, where over 6,000 people died and 15,000 were injured. England's squad for the tournament consisted of these 22 players of Alf Ramsey's choosing. Three goalkeepers, Gordon Banks of Stoke City, Peter Bonetti of Chelsea, Alex Stepney, Manchester United, Our defenders, Keith Newton of Everton, Terry Cooper, Leeds United, Brian Labone Everton, Captain Bobby Moore, West Ham United, Tommy Wright of Everton, Nobby Stiles of Manchester United, Jack Charlton and Norman Hunter, both of Leeds United. In midfield, Alan Mullery, Tottenham Hotspur, Alan Ball, Everton, Bobby Charlton, Manchester United, Martin Peters of Tottenham Hotspur, Emlyn Hughes of Liverpool, Colin Bell of Manchester City. And up front, Francis Lee of Manchester City, Jeff Hurst, West Ham United, Peter Osgood of Chelsea, Alan Clark of Leeds United, who at the time was uncapped, and Jeff Astle of West Bromwich Albion. Ramsey would remain faithful to 10 of his players that won the title four years previous. Now England would have a few hiccups along the way. Following England's home nations matches in April, England's journey to Mexico began in May, where they took in two friendly matches. One in Bogota, Colombia, where we ran out 4-0 winners thanks to goals. Two from Martin Peters and one each from Bobby Charlton and Alan Ball. And then onwards to Quito in Ecuador, where Franny Lee and Brian Kidd scored in a 2-0 win. Kidd, of course, didn't make the final squad. Now, neither Colombia or Ecuador would qualify for the tournament, and amazingly, neither did Argentina. On the pitch, two good results. All would seem fine. Unfortunately, events off the pitch, things were far from ideal. With regards to preparation. Now before that first match against Colombia, shortly after the team had touched down and arrived at the team hotel, both Bobby Moore and Bobby Charlton went into a gift shop just off the hotel foyer, looking for a present for Charlton's wife. Now this gift shop also sold jewellery. The pair found nothing that they wanted and returned to the foyer. It was then that sales assistant Clara Padilla came out to confront the players, accusing them of stealing a bracelet from the display cabinet. The pair protested their innocence, insisting that they were searched. The local police soon arrived, along with various other hotel staff, causing quite the scene. Manager Alf Ramsey was also alerted, and fortunately calmed it all down. Both players made a statement and all was cleared up. But was it? Both Moore and Charlton went on to play in those next two games. But following the Ecuador match, the team travelled back to Bogota, Colombia, and stayed in the same hotel as that bracelet incident had occurred in. And it was whilst the team were watching television that two plainclothes policemen came over, took Moore away, and arrested him as apparently another witness to the alleged theft had come forward. Moore was held in house arrest for four days in Colombia. He was charged and faced prosecution for theft. He was taken before a judge, where the case was thrown out due to the evidence not weighing up. In this time, Ramsey had made the decision to take the team onwards to Mexico without their captain. It was with the help of the British Embassy that Moore was allowed to go free and join up with his teammates. And this is what Moore had to say when interviewed on a plane, going to meet his teammates, now as a free man.
1: It's obviously been a a, a difficult last few days for you. How do you feel now you're 20,000 feet over Columbia? Well, I I must insist that this is the first time I really enjoy flying. And I must say, I'm delighted to be heading back to Mexico to meet up with the rest of the lads. How difficult a period was it for you over there? Uh, well, naturally, it's been a very worrying time because we've wanted to get matters cleared up as quickly as possible. And uh, I've kept myself on call 24 hours of the day so that we can keep proceedings moving as quickly as possible. And uh, as I say, you know, I'm now delighted that the thing has been cleared and that I can be joining the rest of the lads in the preparation for the matches. Has this last week worried you very much? Uh, Well, I'm naturally delighted and relieved that it's over. Um, I sincerely hope that it's not going to have any effect or too much effect on my own physical condition or that it's going to mar the preparations the rest of the team are making. It's going to be quite difficult for you, presumably, to put this whole business in the back of your mind, or not? Well, as I say, it's a great relief now that the thing is behind me. I intend to try and forget all about it and just concentrate on the job ahead. That's difficult enough. And, uh, as I say, I just hope that it's not going to have any effect and that everything's going to be fine once we get to Mexico and start preparing for the World Cup once again. Are you going to have to to catch up at all on your training? Has that gone down a bit while you've been sitting around in Bogota? Well, I haven't really done a great deal of training since Sunday when we last played in Ecuador. uh, Because, as I say, I've kept myself on call for 24 hours of the day. But um, this morning I woke very early and I went out training by myself and I must say I found it a great relief and very very enjoyable and uh, this has pleased me that I have at least got some training behind me because of this experience is there any reason at all why you you might not be able to play against Romania any reason why not or not well from my own point of view I hope there's no reason I don't think there's going to be a reason but naturally that's one for Sir Alf to answer whether he first picked me in the team and then whether I'd be fit enough to play as I say I don't think uh, my fitness has suffered a great deal and uh, all I'm wanting to do now is get back amongst the lads and start training with them. It's going to be a great moment isn't it? A great reunion? Oh it will be fabulous just to get to Mexico. Thank you.
0: For the World Cup poster for this year's finals it was a fairly simple, some would say bland affair. A silhouette of a football with its pentagon panels set against a purply-pink background, with Mexico 70 beneath and the dates of the competition. 1966 had seen the introduction of the World Cup mascot with World Cup Willie, the Lion. Mexico gave us Juanito, a young boy wearing a green Mexico home kit whilst also wearing a yellow sombrero with the words Mexico 70 across it. England were drawn in Group 3 alongside Brazil, Czechoslovakia and Romania. Now let's join Pat Napier as she tells us what happened once the tournament got going. It gives me great pleasure to welcome to the Three Lions podcast, Millwall and England fan, Pat Napier, who who went to Mexico in 1970 for the World Cup. Hello there, Pat. Hello, Russell. Hello, how are you? I'm all right, thank you. 1970. I, I thought I'd struggle to find someone who went all that way all those years yeah. ago. but But you went, didn't you? I did, yes. And by all accounts, you've got some stories to tell us.
2: <laughs> well, the reason I went uh, in 1970, I was going to the 1966. OK. But a friend of mine had booked a holiday abroad, so I couldn't cancel that. So while we were away, I watched every game in a bar in Mallorca. Right. And I turned around and I said, if England win the World Cup, I'm going to the next one, no matter where it is.
0: Did you know and where it course,
2: was? No. <laughs> No, I hadn't got a clue. And then when it was announced that it was going to be in Mexico, I thought, well, I said I'm going, so I'm going.
0: You're a lady so, of your word.
2: Yeah. So I used to give my mum a certain amount of money each week to put aside for me to save up to go to Mexico. Okay. Took me four years, but I did it.
0: Well, that's and good, then, good inspiration for people who want to go to tournaments now. Just put a little bit aside each time.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I think it was the best thing I ever done was go to Mexico. We had the fantastic time. Yeah. Fans were great. Made a lot of friends and met my husband out there.
0: Did you really? So, yeah. <laughs> well, no wonder it was the uh, the best tournament ever.
2: Yeah, he was um, he was a Millwall fan and I was a QPR fan. Okay. And there was a few more Millwall fans out there staying at the same hotel. Right. So we all got we all got on quite well, but. I actually didn't know. I was going on my own up until about two weeks before we departed. Right. Because, yeah, then I found out from down at QPR that somebody else, a girl actually, thank goodness, yeah, she was going to Mexico. So I powered up with her. But I did know a couple of people who were from QPR who were going out there, but we were all spread in different hotels.
0: Oh, I see, over in Mexico, different hotels over there. Over in
2: Mexico, yeah, oh, wow. yeah.
0: So – do you remember how much it cost you to to go?
2: Yes, yes, I do. It was um, the airfare, the hotel, and all match tickets and transfers to and from the stadiums was two hundred and fifty pounds. <laughs> wow! <laughs> you buy you a home ticket now, would it? <laughs> no,
0: no, you, you certainly couldn't get to Mexico really for a, in yeah for a decent yeah. amount of money. Wow! So you, obviously you're, you're London based. Was it a was it a straight flight from there?
2: No, we went to Gander in Newfoundland and stopped to refuel and then carried on from there. It took about 16 hours, all told. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: and so you you paid for a, a flight and your hotels, match tickets and, and transfers and that. Was that all part of one, some an organisation
2: had provided that? Yeah, it was in the England, uh, England Supporters Club. Okay. So there was something yeah. like that back then. Yeah, yeah. It was through the England Supporters Club.
0: Okay. So, and they're obviously then you'd, you'd met up with a few people that were doing the same thing. Um, was, was it a surprise that so many people were doing it?
2: Yeah, I was actually. It. I mean, there, obviously there wasn't as many as what they get today. Mm. But, yeah, there was, a. I would say, a good 500 of us at least. Going to all of the games? Yeah, we and we, and, and the final. Semi-final and the final was included in that. Was, oh, wow. So you went to the final as well? You didn't come home after I England? I did.
0: Oh wow, amazing. Well, well we'll get onto that. So you touched down in in Mexico oh, so you went by via, via Gander. Gander.
2: yeah Newfoundland yeah yeah.
0: And then was that a, just a, a quick stayover or
2: Yes, it literally was only um, refueling. We couldn't go out the airport. You could get off the plane, mm. but you couldn't go out the airport.
0: right. So and then, then you... I think
2: it was a couple of hours and then we reboarded and then onto Mexico City. So well, we you, actually stayed in Guadalajara.
0: Okay, because that was where the the group games were played, weren't they?
2: Yes, yes.
0: So when when you touched down in Guadalajara, what what were your first thoughts? Wow, here I am in Mexico. Yeah, it's too which, bloody
2: hot. <laughs> I was going to say,
0: was it hot?
2: <laughs> Very. I mean, you can imagine June. Yeah. In it, Mexico, it was 114 on the day that we played West Germany, and I covered all up. Except for my feet, burnt my feet, couldn't walk for three days. No way.
0: <laughs> so I, I don't know what Guadalajara is like. What was it? A built-up
2: area? No, it's it's. Uh, it, we were out. We were on the outskirts a bit, and not actually in the city centre of Guadalajara. Hmm. We were in a in a um, motel. Yeah. About it was only about half an hour to the to the stadium when we were playing, and then. Um, we just did things we might we powered up and we did things like horse riding and when England wasn't playing. Or the boys would have a headball football match in the swimming pool or whatever oh, right. with the Brazilians. Yeah. So and everybody was just so friendly, not like you get today. It was really friendly. Wow.
0: So before obviously you, you'd said that England, if they win the nineteen sixty-six World Cup, you were going. And because they didn't have to qualify for 1970, they just played friendlies against various teams. Yeah. Um, so what did you think what were your thoughts for the team going there? Did you think, oh we can make the final again or
2: um, I did, but it's more difficult, obviously, away from home, especially South America. Mm. Um, but they played some good football, and I think the best match I saw was um, Brazil and England. That was one hell of a game. I think that must have been Bobby Moore's best ever match that he'd ever played up against Pelé. And I was sitting behind the goal where Banksy made that one-handed save from Pelé's header. Were you? Absolutely gobsmacked. We thought it was in the back of the net all, all the way. Because
0: Pelé got, got up so so high and sort of headed it down from the videos that yeah. I've seen, headed it down, and you think, oh, it's going in, isn't it? And Gordon Banks... Yeah. Just from nowhere, mm, he leapt and the, <laughs> like, the, like a bird. Yeah, the the strength in his wrist, I guess.
2: Yeah, to
0: yeah. push that up and over, and yeah. I think probably the players will looked at him going, "How did you pull that one out?" Yeah, I think yeah. Pele thought he sort of thought that he'd scored. Didn't he? He Did
2: like, he turned round? He thought he'd already scored. So I mean, he turned around to celebrate. Yeah.
0: So we all have this vision of like the the TV angles, but you must have this this vision of sort of being behind the goal, just ingrained in your mind.
2: Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was absolutely brilliant. And the whole match was brilliant. It was a shame they had to be a loser that day.
0: Yeah, some I in Brazil won 1-0. But you mentioned... one nil. Yeah, you mentioned Bobby Moore. He, wasn't that a game where he made such a, an amazing tackle on, on Pelé, I think? That
2: was in British... Yeah, you did, yeah. Yeah. Last prediction, yeah. we thought, oh, get the ball, get the ball. <laughs> and he did. It, it was just a brilliant game.
0: And there was the famous pictures after the match where they swapped shirts, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, 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 it was It was great. It was just, and the Brazilian fans, was, we were dancing together yeah. before the game, of course. Um, we was all having a good time before the game, and it just made it such a good atmosphere. And I think with that match being so good, and that even the Brazilians were coming up and say draw, draw, you deserve draw. Yeah, it was all right saying it, but it didn't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because they I mean, just previous to that game, England played Romania in the same the same stadium. Jeff Hurst had scored there. What was that stadium like? Was it a big
2: environment? Yeah, it was it was a good, yeah, it was good size. It was more homely than the the other, the big stadiums. Mm. But they were all every game was just a sellout. Every really? game. Yeah. In fact, for the final, I was offered quite a bit of money for my, my ticket.
0: Oh, was for that my tempting? final
2: ticket. Not at all. No. Because I thought I've come all this way, and if I don't see a World Cup final, I'll be sorry for the rest of my life. So oh. I can say, you know, and what a game, Brazil and Italy. And you know, that it was a really good game. So yeah. I'm glad I didn't. There was a thousand doves let off just before the kickoff. Right. Yeah, it was just a brilliant atmosphere.
0: Oh, wow. Um, you, you said about the the weather um and it was it was so hot but it was also isn't Guadalajara quite high up altitude yeah. wise yeah did you yeah did you notice that
2: yeah it was it was just so hot you just can't explain how hot that really was just sitting there watching a football match yeah. but no I, it didn't really affect me health wise
0: no you didn't have struggle with breathing or anything no but, no,
2: no. Oh, okay no
0: so England, I would say they lost to, to Brazil. It was, I think it was Jozinho. I think scored that. Yeah, Jozinho, he scored. Yeah. yeah. And it, it was strange back then because now you wouldn't get England and Brazil playing together in a in a group game. Really, I don't think. No, no, um, they'd because seeded be, apart yeah, be or
2: something. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But then they went on to play Czechoslovakia and they beat them. And then there was the also the game that you mentioned that was against what was then West Germany Germany that,
2: yeah that was in is it Leon or Leon uh, what the place the,
0: the city yeah the place where they play
2: Leon, yeah Leon
0: Leon and what yeah t- tell us about that one
2: I think when we finished in Guadalajara we went to Mexico City right and we stayed in a place called Ixtapan which is just outside Mexico but we went up to the Aztec that's so that where the was final high.
0: was, wasn't it? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, what a stadium that is. I, I, it's probably a bit like the new Camp. Okay. Right high. If you're a high up, mm. it's, uh, it's a bit hot up there.
0: Yeah, I can imagine, but yeah, because um, they were all yeah. open then, weren't they?
2: Yeah. Yeah, no cover at all. Yeah. No cover at all. But for the West Germany game, that will always prime my mind when Benetti went in goal.
0: This was because Gordon Banks didn't he get um was it diarrhoea or something the day before I,
2: I I don't know but I think the bringing off the players that you did Mallory and that it just didn't work yeah. and we were being 2 new up and lose three two it's heartbreaking
0: yeah and, and that sport
2: the rest of the holiday <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah I I can well imagine I can well imagine yeah losing there but so that was that was the quarter final. Um, yeah, and then obviously England were out. But you said you had tickets for the was it the semi final and then the final? Semi
2: final and the final.
0: And the final. So and the final. Who who was in the semi? Did you see both semi finals or was it just one of them?
2: I just saw one.
0: Do you know? Do you remember who I that just, was? I
2: can't remember which one that was. No. No, I can't remember which which ones they were actually.
0: So, and then you, you saw the final and what a final and and you oh, said yeah. And you said that this this trip was was an amazing trip, and and yeah. you met your your husband.
2: Yes. Go yes, on,
0: tell us tell us what you want to tell us about that. How did that happen?
2: Well, when we <laughs> when we arrived at the airport here, this side, um, we got on the plane, and he was sitting behind me, mm. and he kept on asking me if I wanted a drink and I, Very polite, nice mm. lad. Um, but I would. I want to go for the football. I didn't want them to get the wrong idea. So anyway, when we got to the um, to Guadalajara, he wasn't staying in the same place as us. We were staying in a place called Loma Benita, which was just outside. And he was staying near where the airport was. And then about four days later, knock, knock, knock on the door. And it was him. He'd been transferred. He'd asked to be transferred to the same hotel that I was in. And every time we got to a match with coach we used to go by coach, he used to make a point in sitting next to me and I was making a point in telling him to get up and move um, <laughs> but uh, eventually you he succumbed he was yeah I thought oh, I felt well what happened was he was playing head tennis in the twin pool oh, right and he had his shoulders above the water and I said to him, "You want to be careful because you're going to burn yourself there?" Very and he true. did <laughs> he did. He had one blister from one side to another. Oh. And I went to go to the hospital with him and the ta- the guy who owned Loma Benita, he opened his car, um, I don't know what you call it, The in front of the car and inside was a gun. Oh. Oh, my God. And I said, I just looked, like, Daughter, his daughter was sitting in the front, I was just sitting at the side. And I thought, oh, my God, he's got a gun. <laughs> anyway, didn't he? But apparently they all go with a gun. Because it's that sort of um, area, Just, not right. where we were, that they need a gun in the house. No. I said, You're yeah, in the house, but not in the car. There's only us. We're going to, go to the hospital. <laughs> I thought, if we get shot, we haven't got far to go. <laughs> and um, anyway. it pop a blister, with... though, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That'd have made a story, wouldn't it? Yeah. Anyway, the next thing, Brian knocked on my door and asked me if I would put the cream on the back of his shoulders. <laughs> anyway, I did. And then we just became friendly. And then when we came back, when we got back to England, my mum and my family were waiting for me. And my sister was getting married the following week. So she invited Brian to the wedding when I was already going with someone. Oh, dear. And he lived, he lived the other side of London. Bethnal Green he came from. Yeah. And he lived in Brixton. And he couldn't drive. And he made his way all over to the other side of London just to come to the wedding, I thought, I feel very sorry for him. So anyway, about six years later, we got married.
0: Oh, <laughs> oh, that's that's great. Superb. And and you changed your club allegiances then, did you? From, I from- did,
2: I did. Yeah. The first game we had, because I met a few other Millwall supporters out there, and again I went by their reputation. I thought I don't want to get involved with any Millwall, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> anyway, our first game when we came back, that was Millwall versus QPR. Oh dear. <laughs> So I said, and I already said that out in Mexico to the boys that I'd met. I said, when we play away, I will come to Millwall, do it every other week. And okay. I thought to myself, I don't think I could see myself doing that because my dad was a steward at QPR. My family are all QPR. So, and even my my coach, I used to play football, was Phil Parks at the time. Oh, the West Ham. And it
0: was the West Ham goalkeeper. Yeah, the West oh,
2: okay. Ham, yeah, he was one of my good friends. Well, him and his wife were one of our good friends. All oh, right. But anyway, so when I got back, um I've forgotten where I was. It was... Uh,
0: Going home in an alternate, Millwall 1. Yeah, QPR. I was
2: doing alternate weekends, but I stayed in the pub when they played <laughs> QPR because I thought, no, I can't. If I lose friends over QPR, because I can be very volatile. So I thought, no, just stay in the pub. And I did. And if we won, I got the train home before they got back to the pub. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh... That's great. And but
2: the, the nicest thing is as well, when we was in Mexico, was that we made friends and we said it was a Euro- European Nations Cup at the time after the World Cup. Yeah. And we went to Switzerland, we went to Malta, and
0: right. we went
2: to Athens for the Nations. And we all met up um, at all these uh, away games.
0: So it's like a little 1970 reunion.
2: It, yeah, it was, yeah. But you've oh. got your – obviously, you've got your people who just – you know, when they go, they die, England fans. Yeah. They go everywhere. I mean, they must call spend a fortune, but you've got such good memories. They true. can never take them away.
0: Very true. Very true. Yeah. And do you, do you still follow England now? or do you? No. no,
2: not now. A bit, a bit too old. I went a couple of times, haven't we, Scott? We went to Barcelona, which my son said, because I think it was Andorra, wasn't it? Andorra. And he said, um, do you fancy going to Barcelona, Mum, because England are playing Andorra there? Oh, I said, I'd love to. I've always wanted to go to the new Camp, but it was Espanyol's ground.
0: That's right. I would have been there because <laughs> they played there twice, um, and yeah, I went yeah. to both of those. So.
2: Did you? We went the night. It was pouring a rain all night, wasn't it? Oh,
0: yeah. Well, yeah. I, was on the, uh, oh, I was on the upper tier. I remember getting absolutely soaked that night.
2: Yeah, we were on the upper tier, weren't we, as well? We had a... Yeah, it was very, very good. we we had a good time. Yeah. But then I always think when you're all together, no not matter what club you support, if you support England, you're all good friends out there. And everybody looks after one another.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. No, yeah. I couldn't couldn't agree anymore. Oh, no, that's lovely. Um I mean, is there any other sort of little stories that have you got that you're a member of
2: of 17? Well, we were in a um we were in a live. Waited Me and Sylvia, the girl I was sharing with, we got in a lift in, a, in the hotel where England was staying. Okay. And the doors opened and me and Sylvia walked in and inside the lift there was Jackie Charlton. Was there? Bobby Charton, Gordon Banks, my hero, and a, I can't remember who the others were. And we got into the lift and I happened to say to Sylvia, oh my God, you know, anyway, Jackie Charlton said, oh, you're English. Would you like to come to a party? So I thought, no, I'm not. I don't know who they think we are, but no. So anyway, he said, it's a, a press meeting. It wasn't actually a party. It was yeah. a press gathering. So I said, well, what do you think? So she said, well, she said, we, at least we're together. Yes. So anyway, I said, nothing's going to happen. I mean, cracky, they're in a room full of people. So he went in and there was I was in awe. All the England team were in there. I managed to. Speak to Bobby Moore, Golden Banks. Wow, Jackie Charlton was the nicest man you could ever wish to meet. Really, he was so yeah. He, well, they all were, mm. but he was he was out of his way to make sure we felt comfortable. Yeah, it was really that was that was an eye opener going to that and seeing them all in their tracksuits and what have you said a football kit.
0: Yeah, so was and they be- were
2: all really nice.
0: Was this before a game or or after a game? Or before it the was tournament? after,
2: I think it was after the Romania game, I think.
0: Oh, so they would and have been.
2: because we, we had that business about Bobby Moore with the bracelet.
0: Yes, yeah. He'd been in prison for two or three days, hadn't he? Yeah,
2: yeah. Ridiculous. Did he mention it?
0: Did he talk no, about
2: that? And, no, no, and you don't ask. <laughs> no, <that's laughs> you don't much. ask, did you really take that, Bobby? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, he didn't. So oh. that was, and then I, I can remember as well on another trip, Malta, where right. it was just sawdust or sand or whatever they played on, and it was like a park where we went, and I was sitting next to Jimmy Hill. Okay, wow. So yeah, so that was because I'm quite knowledgeable about football. Yeah. Uh we had quite a good conversation. Not he... that I understood what he said. I wasn't a great fan of his anyway.
0: <laughs> he was quite a uh quite a visionary, wasn't he, Jimmy Hill?
2: Yeah. Yeah, he was, and I didn't see him in Athens. And you do normally see, whether they're in restaurants or same hotels or whatever, you do normally see personalities. But I can't remember ever seeing them. But on one occasion, when we was in Switzerland, a couple of the Millwall fans that I'd met in Mexico, we met up in Switzerland. And then Brian came to all those games as well. Right. And we came, not lock on my door, right, we're ready to go to the game, yeah, okay. And one of the fellas, he went up. And he was walking towards the lift, and he said it was one of those outdoor lifts, so you could see if it was coming up through, a, like, a big glass mirror. Yeah. Anyway, he, he went running up to it to look, and he didn't realise there was a window there because it was so clean. Oh, Bang, right. Two Two stitches in his head. We thought, this is a good start to the trip. <laughs> oh, that was so funny. So funny. And then we had a, we had some horses out. This yeah. was in and just outside Mexico City. We got some horses and this guy was leading us. Well, we stopped at this cliff edge. If you'd have seen the drop after us, I'm on this horse, and it's going over for a bit of feed off the oh. grass. And I'm thinking, oh, I've had me lot here. That'd be lot here. <laughs> be lot here. And then uh, one of the fellas who was with us, bless him, he was asthmatic. And he turned around his horses at the back. He went, this effing horse is docile. he give it a kick, the bloke said. We didn't see him for four hours.
0: Oh, it bolted, did
2: it? he <laughs> bolted. We didn't see him, when he. When he got to the back to where we were staying, or where we got the horses from, he just sort of fell off his horse like that. He couldn't grip anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we did have some laughs. Oh, yeah, great, g- great,
0: great memories. Oh, yeah, well,
2: absolutely. Well, well, thank
0: you very much for for sharing some of those with us. Um, that's it's okay. Been been really nice to uh, to meet you and and listen to those. And uh, yeah, take us back.
2: What was it? it, was, it was, Fifty years, forty was, odd. 40 yeah, odd. well, I was married, forty odd years when he passed away, and we—I we, can't believe that was forty odd years. Really? Unbelievable. And I still go to Millwall every week. Do you? I still have to get still have to get two trains and three buses.
0: <laughs> I, I must admit, there's, uh, there was a website that I I saw that a lot of Millwall fans seem to go to this tournament. Um, yeah. And for for whatever reason.
2: Yeah, they were the most supported team out in Mexico, more yeah. Millwall supporters. And what well, I find personally that when you do go to these games, most of the England supporters come from lower clubs. Yeah. Not no. your Liverpool or your Man U um, supporters. They're like Swindon and Bristol Rovers, you know, who support England abroad yeah. and at home, to be honest.
0: Yes. Yeah, I, th- I yeah. think that's possibly because, I don't know, a Liverpool or Manchester United fans, they're going into Europe every yeah. other week and spending a lot of money doing that. Yeah, um, that's true. That's whereas true. The, the the lower league, I don't want to say the smaller teams, but the lower league yeah. supporters, it's their it's their chance to to experience a uh, an overseas trip. Yeah. But,
2: but they it is such great fun. It's really worth even if you just go on one. The memories that you can get just from one tournament is unbelievable.
0: Yeah. Now I I can Thoroughly agree with that, having been to a uh, a couple of tournaments.
2: Um, yeah, yeah. Oh well, you know, then it's great fun, and you yeah. meet such nice people, and your friends. Once you meet them, you're near enough friends for life. You, I know, I've got some friends who meet up at all, all these games. Some come over from Greece. um They come from all over Europe to meet up, and they meet up at the King's Head in in London, and they come from everywhere. So, and they're all friends and life. it's lovely it's better than fighting
0: yes yeah much
2: better than fighting
0: all right well thank you very much nice to speak to you
2: and to you too bye love bye-bye
0: <laughs> my thanks go to the wonderful pat napier there wonderful memories and stories that we can all enjoy and as she mentioned brazil was to win the final a final that some will consider as being the best in history just imagine being there i must also say thank you very much to scott napier and also to james krask once again thank you for tuning in i really hope you've enjoyed it i certainly have Please do tell your friends, get them on board. Tune in to the previous episodes too if you've not heard them. These are real stories of real England fans watching our team at the greatest football tournament there is. Please do give the show a follow and a like on the social media channels Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. You'll find it all on there. So until the next time and it would be a few years until England returned to the top table in world football. Take care. Cheers.